Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not a ton. You know, we got some, uh, again, not real football yet, but but a little bit closer to real football. And, and it's exciting to, to kind of chat about that and, and see where uh, we're, we're, you know, peek, peeking through keyholes, see, seeing where people are in their development as we get ready for uh, heading to training camp. Yeah, so the Cowboys had their first mini camp practice on Tuesday. I'm trying to remember what day it is. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, it's the first of three practices. I believe I saw that the Cowboys are actually going to dismiss the veterans after today's practice, uh, and then the rookies will stick around a little bit. So uh, we got some some nuggets, some info from that practice, Lane. And first and foremost, what was your biggest takeaway uh, from yesterday's practice? Well, it, that you know, maybe that the defense isn't as uh, as terrible as we all assumed. Uh, I, you know, again, it's one day of practice. It's 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 it's. It, if we're going to overreact about one day of practice, uh, I think that why not you know, overreact? It's, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, it's. I think that the the defense is, is shown that that they are uh, a little bit further along than I think some of us assumed. Um, it was good to hear a lot of positive talk about Randy Gregory, who mm-hmm. I think, you know, that the team has big hopes for this year. Um, you know, I, I just think that it, it, I thought that the Anthony Brown stuff about his injury was really interesting. It kind of gave you some mm-hmm. insight about, you know, what, where he, you know, how he was playing, why he was playing the way he was last year, uh, after being very solid for the first part of his career. So, uh, there was lots of little interesting nuggets I, I thought, and, um, you know, and also included in some of the practice notes as well. Yeah, I actually think the the most interesting stuff is actually the, the quotes that come after practice, right? When we have some yeah. of the, the media availability. I'll just give you mine. It, it's Tyron Smith. He was talking uh, to the media. Uh, I want to read you a quote that he had. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, talking about his neck, it's one of those injuries where it was a stinger here and there, and I started losing feeling in my left arm. He said, it's been an issue for my entire career. He said, now it's stronger than it ever was before. That is a terrifying thought for Pat. So scary. That Tyron Smith, a left tackle, basically had no strength in his left arm and still was one of the best tackles in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we had kind of discussed the idea that there was probably uh, some you know, daisy chaining issues that were stemming from his neck that he got cleaned up. But I, it was, it's great to hear him kind of confirm that. Man, I, I, yeah, I think the surprising thing to learn is just – exactly how long he's been dealing with this you know yes. i think we have all assumed that it's been a three or four maybe five year thing uh, he's implying that it's been almost his, the entirety of his career yeah uh, since he's it been with like, dallas i said I, well i think it sounds like it's even when he was back at usc maybe a problem yeah yeah i mean he yeah because actually you're right because he did say like his he did refer to it as a football as long as nope. he's been playing football so yeah. 
so yeah, it's it, it could have been longer than that. So I, I mean, obviously, it's great that it got cleaned up. It's great that he feels better. You know, we often caution against the uh, everybody's in the best shape of their life season, which is right right around now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that there's legitimate reason to think that if this is such a, a monumental surgery for that he has had needed to have for a long time, and again. A lot of it had to do with timing. A lot of it had to do with uh-huh. the fact that he had to miss so much time rehabbing it, and and it just kind of kept on pushing it off. And and because of the other injuries, it, it finally. I mean, he couldn't continue to play the season, so it finally gave him the the window to get the surgery done and kind of feel better. So, I'm excited to see exactly what that means for his game. Um, he's still, you know, we talk about him being an old-bodied guy. He's still only 30 years old, and and if this has been the kind of thing that's been hindering him, and he feels. Uh, and he talked about it like once once the neck was done and it felt better, his he said that his his back started loosening up and started feeling better. So uh, if this is, you know, if this is to be believed and we're you know believing all this, Tyron Smith could be in for really a heck of a season next year. Well, I think it's also interesting that he talked about he wants to play this game until the wheels yeah. fall off. Right. So yeah. I think there were some people. Even in the last two years that we're wondering, hey, could Tyron maybe hang it up early? He's dealt with so many injuries. He's already played nine or ten years. Maybe this is the last time we see Tyron. That doesn't appear to be the case like at it. all. Like you, you don't get that surgery to only play one more year, right? Yeah. You get that no, surgery absolutely. because you're planning on playing much, much longer. There's nothing. There's nothing that's yeah, but from Tyron or from any of his actions that indicate that he's close to retiring. Right. It's fantastic news. Again, that was that was my biggest takeaway from camp, and it's really been my biggest takeaway from the offseason, right? Like outside of Dak, right? Because if Dak is healthy, the, yeah. everything doesn't really else matter. But yeah. Tyron being healthy is fantastic. And if he can play 15, 16, 17 games with the Cowboys this year, uh, they are going to be just fine. Lane, we're going to get into some other notes and some nuggets coming out of practice. But before we do that, Wanted to tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Also want to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, uh, I got a whole bunch of little nuggets I want you to comment on. The first no one way. is Michael Parsons. Um, we saw a video yesterday of him breaking up a pass in coverage. Uh, the thing I want to talk about is it seems like the Cowboys are committed to having him rush off the edge. Uh, he had a sack yesterday in team drills. Demarcus Lawrence was impressed with his ability to rush off the edge. 
is this actually happening? Are the Cowboys going to use him as a edge rusher? Yeah, it's it seems it seemingly is. Um, it's I don't know that that's like going to be his full time role, but clearly he has some skills there, and, and they're not going to be afraid to kind of use him in part of a pass rush rotation. Um, you know, and and I think it isn't the worst the worst thing. I mean, if you're trying to just construct pass rush and you're trying to you know, also be able to rotate guys now you've got a healthy number of guys you think that can get to the quarterback you know through different means you may have to deploy them in different ways i mean you're not going to deploy basham the same way that you would parsons um you know you, you probably aren't going to play demarcus lawrence the same way that you would basham well you might basham and lawrence might have some crossover but sure. I, I think that i think you know you even heard about randy talk about it yesterday randy talk plans on playing some sam Randy plans on, uh, you know, doing some DPR stuff. So I think the more guys who can get after the quarterback, um, the better. And I think that for the Cowboys, they have a kind of a variety of guys who they can deploy in a a couple of different ways to do that. Uh, And I think that this defense is kind of going to be built around getting the the kind of alignments and techniques they need on the defensive line depending on the scenario. And, and I think having a guy like Parsons who can either be a, a linebacker or a pass rusher as a situation needs, uh, I think will certainly help them be a little bit more creative in the way that they attack quarterbacks. I still don't know how I feel about Parsons being like a edge rusher, like a hand in your dirt in the dirt edge rusher. I, I still, I think if that's the reason you drafted him at number 12, I don't love it. Now, if you are going to find creative ways to get him to rush the passer, whether that's on stunts or on blitzes, that's where I get a lot more excited. But I, why don't I love him as a traditional defensive end? Well, because he's not a traditional defensive end, and and and, and to be to fair to be fair to them, they're not they're not trying to play him as a traditional defensive end. Yeah, well, they're, I think I, I think my problem is we heard the Bruce Irvin comp a ton, and not necessarily from the Cowboys, right, but from other people over the last couple months. And I just don't love that fit for Parsons. But if you're going to use him like KJ Wright and you're going to blitz him that way, I, I think that makes a lot more sense. Well, I, I think it's I, – I, I don't think – Mike Parsons is not either of those two players. He's his own player. Like I, I think the, the, the roles that those guys have played – and, yeah, I think that Irvin was a full-time – Leo or defensive end or stand up defensive end or however you want to refer to that. Sure. I don't think that that's the plan for Parsons. I don't think his the, the plan for Parsons is for him to be KJ Wright either. I think it's to be a kind of hybrid of both of those spots. And well, and maybe it's just that we haven't seen this player in the NFL yet. Like he might be like a unicorn, right? We we might this might be just the new hybrid role of linebacker that hasn't existed in the NFL before this year. I don't know that the I, see that's the thing. I, I don't know that that the role is different or unique or uh, unseen in the NFL. I think that what's different is that you don't usually have linebackers who can play both of these roles kind of in game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's the difference between Parsons is that, you know, it's not that the role that they're creating for him is some unique new role. It's just he can he can be this Bruce Irvin guy on on third downs if you need him. He can be K- KJ Wright, and he could probably do both pretty well and on part time situations. So uh, for me, I think it's it's the value you get from this guy is that you can deploy him on the field and not tip exactly what he's doing. And, and I and that's where I think 
you know, there's going to be some really fun stuff, you know, just seeing him on the field is getting him out there. Okay. Where is, where is Parsons? Is he lined up on the line of scrimmage? Is he lined up off the line? What's he doing? Is he blitzing from uh, off ball? Is he, you know, so I, I think those are the kind of things that they hope to deploy is that kind of, uh, you know, unanticipated use of Parsons because you just, he can do so many different things and you can deploy him in so many different ways that you, you can't really prepare for it pre-snap. It, it's probably me just being burned by these guys in the past because I loved all these hybrid defensive guys. And for some reason, it seems like all of these guys that I like uh, never paint out. I, I mean, you can kind of see behind me, right? I, I like these guys that are, uh, that have are positionless, right? Between yeah. and Reggie Bush. And, and so many of these guys just bust in the NFL, but maybe Parsons is different, right? Maybe, maybe this is just a unique talent. Maybe this is why, Teams who thought he was the best linebacker prospect to come in the draft in the last decade. I, I, I hope I'm wrong here, Lena. That's all. That's all I want to say. <laughs> well, I just do. Yeah, I mean, I think you know. Look, I, I, I think the roles are pretty well defined, uh, and I, I think it's just about how much he's going to be deployed in that situation. I mean, it, you know, it, I, I don't anticipate like a 50-50 snap count between you know defensive end and linebacker. I think it's he'll get five to ten snaps as a pass rusher a game. You know, I just want – I would rather see them blitz. I mean, he's going to rush the passer, but if you're going to do it, just don't have him doing it against a left tackle every single time. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure I'm sure that they they uh, are sure going to mix it up. Yeah, yes, I, I, I think it will be both is what I'm saying. Um, speaking of pass rushers, Randy Gregory had some, some interesting comments yesterday. And actually, interesting isn't even the right word. It was more encouraging, right, because – I mean, it's awesome to see to see Randy Gregory grow. And he talked about how if you would have talked to him two years ago, he wouldn't have been able to say one nice thing about him. And he's been going to therapy. And this is his first full offseason uh, of actually working with the team since being drafted. And it just seems like Randy Gregory is in such a good place right now compared to where he's been over the last, what, maybe in his entire life, right? Maybe, uh, yeah. Any, any comments on Randy Gregory? Lots. I mean, I I love Randy Gregory. I mean, I, I'm just such a huge fan of what he's overcome as a person. And I know that may not be a super popular opinion, but I, I just think that uh, he's been kind of he's been screwed by the NFL for several different years, and and it's it's really unfortunate. I mean, especially since <laughs> you know two years ago he was basically kept out of the league for smoking marijuana. Last year they made marijuana not illegal in the NFL, not a, uh, or at least you know detoothed a lot yeah. of the testing. Now they're talking about trying to make marijuana a, a recognized medical uh, option for uh, NFL teams, and and you just look back and and look at what that you know that kind of indecisiveness and slow action by the NFL cost Randy Gregory in his career. Uh, but but he's not looking at it like that. He has a positive attitude. He's approaching this with a good with with a good approach. Uh, like you said about his, his personal positivity, I think that that's super important for someone who's uh, dealing with the kind of things that he deals with. I just think he's a brilliant, smart guy who has been troubled at times. You just listen to him and he's just – he's. He's smart. He's personable. Yes. Uh, he yeah. he he gets it. Like I, I just really am a big fan of him, and and I really can't wait to see what he does this year. Yeah, it sounds like he was unhappy last year with some of the snaps he played. Which, looking back on it, I, I we were too. Get, right. Like, <laughs> he was the second best pass rusher on that team, and I, I know Alden Smith had his moments last year, but why this team wasn't playing more of Randy Gregory, I don't understand. I, I think 
I think he's going to be in for a huge, huge year. Uh, and it sounds like he's doing everything to make sure that that, that happens this year. Um, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar, the absolute best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next box. Did you hear that nice big thunder in the background? I did. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they, they really, they really like Built Bar. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't play them. Yeah, we're in the middle of a thunderstorm. No worries. Um, <laughs> couple, uh, couple of notes that I want to talk about really quickly uh, from camp. Uh, Todd Archer said Dalton Schultz looks significantly better than last year. A much smoother route runner. Played really well last year. Could we expect him to even be better in twenty twenty one? Look, anytime you get more opportunity and more snaps, uh, the good players are going to get better. And uh, so I think that that's Schultz is no different. I mean, he got a ton more snaps last year, a ton more opportunity. Um, being the number one tight end obviously will do that. So there's there's no reason. He's still a young player. And again, tight end is one of those positions that it blooms late. So, uh, yeah, I would not at all be surprised if Schultz took a, a step or two forward simply because – seeing especially look a tight end again especially because it, it requires so much experience you have to do so much of you have to do the job of an offensive lineman you have to do the job of a receiver uh you know you have to learn all those different you know techniques and and, and the nuances in each one of those is it's a ton and so getting more exposure getting more opportunity uh, that's going to give you more reps. That's going to make you better at what you're doing. It's not surprising that after a season of putting himself on film and being able to go back and rewatch and see what he uh, did well, what he didn't do well, getting a really, really solid feel for what the speed of the NFL game is. Those are all things that he's going to be able to, he did uh, hopefully take into the, uh, into the off season this last year and, 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 and was able to improve himself. And, and hopefully that's what we're seeing here uh, with this mini camp practice. Dalton Schultz is only 24 years old. So it's yeah. not surprising at all to see him be more confident now that he's got basically a season under his belt of starting. I think again, we're, we, we kind of previewed and handed at this, you know, through the off season. I think we need to have a conversation Landon, about, should there be a tight end battle for the starting spot? Because I'm not convinced that the Cowboys will be better off with Blake Jarwin as the primary receiver or primary tight end at 11 personnel than Dalton Schultz because Schultz is a significantly better blocker. And while Jar Jarwin gives you more big play potential, is the trade-off there worth it? I, I think we need to save that that one for a different day. That might be uh, a whole conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Calvin Joseph back on the field. Uh, sounds like he had an illness. I don't think it necessarily was COVID related. Uh, may maybe I'm missing out on this, but uh, he had to, he had to quarantine from the team a little bit. Uh, he's back. Sounds like he did work with the ones yesterday. Any comments on Calvin Joseph rejoining the team? Well, I, I'm confused on why he would have to quarantine if it wasn't COVID. I, I mean, we don't know, but yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, the whole thing was a little bit odd. So I, I'm actually kind of wondering if he did have COVID. He know? might. Um, they also said he had to do some individual work by himself during uh, his time off. I wonder if he came in a little out of shape. That could also be it as well, certainly. I, when yeah. I say I wonder, I definitely know that he came in a little out of shape. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't wonder very much on this podcast without knowing. Uh, no, that's what I understand. But it, it does sound like he's in much better shape now. He was ready to go, uh, and there was no big issues. Last one. 
Uh, we talked about, I believe, last week about Tony Pollard taking wide receiver snaps and why that and why that's not a big deal. He's a he's a really a former slot receiver from Memphis, and I believe it was Michael Galkin that said. If you didn't know any better, you would have thought Tony Pollard was a slot receiver his entire career. He made uh, some of the slot cornerbacks look bad in individual drills. Should the Cowboys maybe consider using more of Tony Pollard in the slot? I mean, they should definitely consider using him uh, as a route runner, you know, and 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 you know, motioning. Look, <laughs> give me all of the twenty-one personnel that involves. You know, one of the, one of, and if not both of the wide receivers motioning yeah. out and, and getting into formation, I'm all for that. So, yeah, I definitely think that they should look into it as a as a change of pace or you know as just a, an opportunity to give Pollard more looks and more touches. Um, and and you know, look again, maybe that's the is the solution if if Zeke comes back uh, in good shape and you want to give Zeke a healthy load of the carries, you still want to give. Pollard touches. I mean, he's too talented to not give touches. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's part of the way that you do that is just kind of use him as part of the, in the rotation of the wide receiver. You, you it's more and more likely that it's that he would come into the uh, huddle as a running back and then motion out, uh, uh, you know, to wide receiver as before the snap. But I, I could also see them just kind of deploying him as a wide receiver if they needed. I, I don't think he's making a position switch, but I no, also no, it's no. it's a, it's a lot like you know it's it, it's a lot like Parsons, right? Where he has this thing that he can do. Let's you know maybe we don't want to expose him to that full time or have him be a full time slot corner, but but maybe we do want to get some snaps in there where he can you know avail himself of that skill set. I don't think I think when we get to the games and everybody's healthy, I don't envision Tony Pollard taking more than a snap or two snaps a game from no, the no. slot. Yeah. What I could see happening though, let's say CD Lamb for whatever reason is missing time in the game, right? And you have a whole second half to play. That's what I can see Tony Pollard coming in and playing 15 slot snaps and a half, right? Basically yeah. as a backup option because Outside of C.D. Lamb, you really don't have very many slot guys, right? Like Cedric Wilson could probably do it if needed. Amari Cooper could slide in there, but it might just be better off just to slide Tony Pollard in there if needed uh, and not mess up your offense too much. That's where I think Pollard has value. I was just going to say, and that's, again, kind of how I feel about Parsons, right? Is that if normally I want Lawrence and Gregory as my pass rushers. Those are the guys I want coming out of the tackle. But when it's time to rotate folks – why couldn't part of that rotation the, the, on the snaps that you know that you're not going to have both of those guys in that part of that be hey let's give let's give Parsons a couple of those snaps on on the edge sure. and same with Pollard right is that like I'm not taking CD Lamb off the field uh, so that so that uh, Pollard can run routes Correct. right yes, yes but 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 if but if it's time for CD Lamb to take a, a a breather or if he's you know temporarily injured. Why wouldn't I try to well, get Pollard to take this? And stuff? we saw that last year, right? Like CeeDee Lamb played, especially early on in the season, like he played like 80% of the snaps, but there were still 10, 15 snaps a game yeah. where it was Cedric Wilson playing in the slot or it was Noah Brown. And I do think laying in with, I know it's only one extra game, but I do think teams are going to have to be more mindful about racking up snaps on some of these guys. So if you can save 40, 50 slot snaps over the course of a season from CeeDee Lamb's legs and give them to Tony Pollard, who you want on the field anyways. I do think that makes some sense. Let me let me add this in too. Let's say, because we're saying CeeDee Lamb, but the truth of the matter is, what if we wanted to get Gallup and CeeDee Lamb on the outside and then the conversation becomes, 
I'm sorry, not Gallup, uh, Cooper and CeeDee Lamb on yeah, the outside. Sure. And what if the conversation becomes, well, who would we rather have in the slot on this play, Gallup or Pollard? That may be a, co- a question that, that's actually worth having, depending on what the slot receiver's role is on sure. a particular play, right? You may, uh, if, it's, if it's a quick out situation, sure. you may want Pollard there. I also just, again, I think the Cowboys are going to try to be mindful of not overworking their receivers because Amari yes. dealt with some injuries last year. CeeDee Lamb, it seemed like he was dealing with some kind of leg injury at some point in the season. And if you've got a guy like Pollard who maybe you just want to get on the field more, I, I just – it's not the worst case scenario in the world. You can do a lot of different things from Pollard in the slot. He's done it on Memphis. Like if you want to do like the little bubble screen with him, yeah. he's fantastic in that area. And if you want to put a slot corner trying to tackle him one-on-one in the middle of the field. Good luck. I, good luck. I, I think the Cowboys are going to do some things like that just to, just to try to get their playmakers the ball. So this makes a lot of sense. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about more minicamp notes. If we get some, I'm sure that we will. Uh, we have a special special guest coming up on Friday. I promise you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, so make sure you're downloading, subscribing to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, continue to support us on YouTube. You can follow Landon at NicoleBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.